0: for tuning in to yet another episode of fairy tall tales uh not surprisingly i guess uh i'm sarah and with me as always it's me megan i'm here i totally did not forget your neighbor <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding Sort of, mostly, yes. You better not have forgotten my <laughs> name, okay? Not okay. <laughs> Unacceptable. Um. So today we have some cool, quirky, weird, ah, natural stories for you today, and we're. In- you know, we like to every once in a while push the boundaries of what we consider a fairy tale. Um, but, you know, just because we're called fairy tall tales doesn't mean... And, you know, just because we say we're a fairy tale in true crime podcast doesn't mean we need to, you know, put ourselves in a box here, guys. Let's... let's Think outside the box. Out of the box. Out, out of out. the box. Out of the box. Is where you'll um, find this story. Take one box... Put it with another. Now look for one that's long and wide. <laughs> the- fired. You're fired from the show. What? Those are the words of the theme <laughs> I know, song. I know, I know. Whatever. So today we are covering something a little bit more along the It's not along the lines of a myth. It is a myth. Uh, we're, going, we're going to a journey to ancient Greece and uh, we're doing a Greek myth. But I think, you know, fairy tales, myths, they're all stories. And at the end of the day, that's why we're here. We are here to tell you stories. Maybe learn some shit. Maybe be weirded out by some shit. Maybe go, what the frick? You know, that we live for those moments. Those are the moments to live for. Exactly. This magic moment. So, today... We're going to be looking at the story of Daphne and Apollo. First. That's what we're doing first, guys. Because this is our Greek myth. It's our Greek myth, and for once I actually introd it with its title. Congratulations! Thank you! you. I'm, you get, I'm getting better. It only took 11 episodes. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I really hope I get a sticker for this one. You, I think you can get a sticker. Now, let's see if I can get a sticker for not interrupting you. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We'll see. Interruptions are fine. <clears throat> so, because we're pretending this is a fairy tale, once upon a time. <laughs> I don't like that for this one. All right. Once back in the fucking day. Of there you go. That's better. I like it. D- of Once back in the Grecian times. Where people wore the togas, and they had the toga parties. Yes, they totally did. And the Senate, they all fucked each other. Anyway, once upon a time, Apollo fell in love. But for the god of music, truth, prophecy, healing, the sun, and light, plague, poetry, and more. (laughs) And more! It's like an infomercial. (laughs) You can have all this and more. Yes, She don't want it. They, they're very, um, these Greek gods and goddesses, they're, they're more than two in one. They're many in one. (laughs) They Um, are. And for this many in one god, him falling in love was not a happy accident. It was an act of malice. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Who would do such a thing? Let's find out. One day... Apollo saw Eros, the Greek god of love. Cupid. If you're following the Roman gods, it's Cupid. Well, same idea, though. Same idea, but... This is Eros. This is Eros, Eros, because Greek and whatnot. Right. Um. The, you know, the Romans just stole all the Greek gods and gave them different names, but whatever, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, so one day, Apollo saw Eros... Uh, playing with his bows and arrows. How wink, dare wink. he? Ooh, oh. naughty. <laughs> That's bad, Sarah. Apollo had just come back from his recent victory over Python, so he was really feeling himself. <laughs> I just realized how inappropriate that was. After- <laughs> I did not write it that way intentionally. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was probably... This self confidence that made him act like a total asshat um, sounds like a total bro. He's a total. Uh, well, you know, he is the god of self confidence. I bet, along with <laughs> with you know many other things, truth, music, plague, poetry, <laughs> plague? and more. I'm the god of plague. <laughs> yeah, and poetry. No, no, no. You're the goddess of plaque. <laughs> <laughs> Spelled a little differently. <laughs> i think i killed megan oh my god Uh, because i'm a dental hygienist get it oh man that's my eyes are watering oh Oh, i'm I'm here every wednesday (laughs) oh man Uh oh all right on with it all right so while megan recovers um (laughs) Apollo, being a total asshole, said to Eros, What have you to do with warlike weapons, saucy boy? Saucy boy. (laughs) Naughty boy. (laughs) Leave them for hands worthy of them. Behold the conquest I have won by means of them over the vast serpent who stretched his poisonous body over acres of the plain. Be content with your torch." child is this a wrap and kindle up your flames as you call them where you will but presume not to meddle with my weapons (laughs) encore no (laughs) we don't sing on this podcast um (laughs) My bad. Eros, the son of Venus, was hella pissed off by Apollo's cocky behavior. (laughs) And he had an idea. And he said unto him. (laughs) Your arrows may strike all things else, Apollo, but mine shall strike you. (gasps) It's going down. Hashtag no homo. So, he stood on top of a rock of Parnassus and drew two different arrows from his quiver. One chipped in gold. Ooh. The other in lead. (gasps) Nobody really knew at this time how bad lead was for the human body. Yeah, this was, you know. The gold arrow was to excite love. The other to repel it. Dun, dun, dun. Bug off. All natural bug spray. Ooh. Brought to you by Modern Natural Living. Oh, thank you. Um, with, uh, with the leaden shaft. (gasps) Leaden shaft? (laughs) He struck the nymph Daphne, the daughter of the river god Peneus. (laughs) Okay, I'm having a lot of terrible mental imagery right now going on. Dude, it's the Greeks. It's just, it's a lot of fucking and allusions to fucking and... Everybody was naked under their togas. Come on. Well, everyone's naked under their friggin' whatever people wear today. Don't look under my whatever people wear today. (laughs) That's rude. (laughs) Oh, man. I can't today. (laughs) Literally cannot even. Well, don't worry. Hashtag white girl. White girl probs. Yeah. Um, So... He struck Daphne with the leaden shaft and he struck Apollo with the golden one through his heart. <gasps> what did that do? Well, Apollo was immediately struck with love for Daphne, <gasps> but she abhorred the very thought of loving. She preferred woodland sports and hunting. Go but her. F- Feminist. Well, hell Yeah. While lovers sought her, she spurned them all, ranging the woods, never thinking about relationships. By Felicia. Her father often said to her, Daughter, you owe me a son-in-law. You owe me grandchildren. <laughs> um, She, hating the thought of marriage as though it were a crime, uh, with her beautiful face tinged all over with blushes, she threw her arms around her father's neck and said, Dearest father, grant me this favor that I may always remain unmarried like Artemis. He consented, but at the same time said, Your own face will forbid it. It's worth noting that if you don't know your Greek mythology, Artemis is Apollo's twin sister. (gasps) So she wants to be like Artemis. Wow. But so when we say that Apollo falls in love with her, it's like more than just love. It's like, like love obsession love. and like obsessive infatuation. Yes, he becomes totally obsessed with her. He saw her eyes as stars. <clears throat> he saw her lips and was not satisfied with only seeing them. Oh, how romantic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He admired her hands and arms, naked to the shoulder underneath all her wearing things. <laughs> and whatever was hidden from view, he imagined more beautiful still. So basically, he fantasized about her naked. All the time. All the fucking time.
1: and Naughty. He,
0: yeah. And he followed her. Like, all the time. He stalked her, basically. Creep. Um, and she fled. And, um, you know... She just didn't want anything to do with him, obviously, because she was struck with the lead arrow that made her repulsed by love. Well, she didn't want to be married, I think, before that too. But yeah. this, but specifically, she was repulsed by Apollo. So, like, yeah. you know, it's it's very cat and mousey, I guess. Um. So Apollo said to her, "Stay, uh, daughter of Penius," which I keep reading as penis. I'm not a foe. Do not fly me as a lamb flies to the wolf or a dove the hawk. It is for love I pursue you. You make me miserable for fear you should fall and hurt yourself on these stones, and I should be the cause. Pray run slower, and I will follow slower. I am no clown, no rude peasant. Jupiter is my father, and I am the lord of Delphos and Tenidos, and know all things present and future. I am the god of song and the lyre. Lyre? 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 Oh, it's a musical instrument thing. The arrows fly true to the mark, but alas, an arrow more fatal than mine has pierced my heart. I am the god of medicine and know the virtues of all healing plants. Alas, I suffer a malady that no balm can cure. Oh my goodness, heartbreaking. Real heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. But it still doesn't stop the fact that he's a creepazoid. To, right. To be... Stalking her. Yeah, basically. And obsessively fantasizing about her. Yes. um, Because it gets worse. So, mm. basically, Daphne keeps avoiding him, running away from him. He will not stop pursuing her. Creep. Um, but... You know, and as she continued to flee from him, he was, like, charmed by that. Like, it just, the more that she ran, the more he wanted to run after her and, you know, to get her, essentially. Um, But then, and so, like, he has the help of Eros, you know, Cupid, the god of love, um, on his side. Because, obviously, like, Cupid is playing this whole taunting game. So, it's like, make sure that Apollo gets close but stays just far enough away um but eventually um eventually Daphne you know goes tired because um you know I don't think even though she's a goddess I really don't think that she's can keep running and running and running like Forrest Gump like eventually you gotta (laughs) stop when your beard gets too long and you're tripping over it or whatever um And so she's kind of, like, freaking out because, you know, she knows that if she stops and, like, Apollo keeps gaining on her, she's fucked. Like, literally and figuratively. Oh, my lord. Which is not what she wants. Run, Daphne, run. So totally freaked out and um, knowing that her strength is beginning to fail her, she calls upon her father, the river god. And she says, "Help me, Penius! Open the earth to enclose me, or change my form, which has brought me into this danger." So basically, make it's me like, ugly, make me something else, make me something else that he's not going to want to pursue or be able to pursue. Because we all know that clearly, that is the solution to all problems when people are obsessed with other people. Mm-hmm. It's the victim that needs to change, right? Yes. What was she wearing? Oh, I don't know. Maybe some bark. Let's see. Hmm. So, um, so just as she, you know, makes this, you know, she prays to her father. Essentially, um, a stiffness seizes all of her limbs. Her bosom begins to be enclosed in a tender bark. Sounds like when I have a panic attack. <laughs> You're a tree. Um, her hair suddenly turns into leaves her arms become branches her foot stuck fast into the ground as a root her face becomes a treetop retaining nothing of its former self but its beauty Apollo stood watching amazed (gasps) because he still loves her no matter what form she is she's Um, still Daphne to him exactly my love um, so he touches her stem, and he can feel... That sounded dirty. <laughs> I didn't say he touched her bud. It was a dirtier. Oh, hey, Sarah. You brought it up. Uh. You brought it up. This is a sex podcast, apparently. <clears throat> no, it's not. My uh, face is red. Almost as red as your hair. Nah. Um so he embraced her branches and he lavishly <laughs> kissed on the wood uh, the branches yeah tree hug vibes show yep <laughs> uh the branches shrank from his lips and he said to her since you cannot be my wife you shall assuredly be my tree I will wear you for my crown, I will decorate you with my harp and my quiver, and when the great Roman conquerors lead up to the triumphal pomp to the capital, you shall be woven into wreaths for their bows, brows, brows, you shall be woven into wreaths for their brows, and as eternal youth is mine, you shall always be green and your leaf no, no decay. Wow! So the nymph, Daphne, the the nymph formerly known as Daphne, has now changed into a laurel tree, bowing its head in grateful acknowledgement. Oh my gosh. And she still can't get away from him. And she still can't get away from him, even as a tree. Because he's a freaking creep. Because he loves her. He's a tree hugger, he loves nature, now he's the god of laurel trees. Doesn't he wear laurels now? Yeah, that's why he wears a crown now of laurels, to honor To honor her. his love, his one true love. He's got wood for that wood. Whoa. Yeah. I know somebody else who might have some wood for some wood. Uh, true that, but... um. Megan, I had a question for you. Ooh, do I want to know what the question is? Yes. Okay, ask away. If you were going to be a tree, what kind of tree would you be? I would want to be a... um. That's a really hard question. I know, I was thinking about it on the drive over. I'd want to be... Maybe a willow tree. I've always really liked willow trees, and I know that that's very, like, basic because of the giving tree. Mm -hmm. I also really like um, the giant tree, the sequoias. Mm -hmm. I really, 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 really like sequoias. You would be a redwood tree. I probably would be a redwood tree. Yeah, that's a really good idea. What kind of tree would you be? A sycamore. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what a sycamore tree even looks like. I don't know. I don't really know that many trees, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, God, I'd probably be like – a weeping willow because I cry all the time and I'm depressed. But... Oh, no. <laughs> this but... is your second chance at life. Don't pick something depressing. Pick something beautiful. But then I was thinking, I was like, all right, well, maybe it'd be a dogwood tree because I love yes. dogs, but they smell. So <laughs> well, so I do I dogs sometimes. So I thought you were going to say, well, so do you sometimes. <laughs> I know. I just got done telling you you smell delicious. That's true. Um... But, yeah, so trees are pretty cool, I think. And, um, I love trees. You know, I think when you look, it's, like, interesting that because there's a lot of Greek myths where, um, well, quite a few, I should say. I don't know what determines a lot uh, in the grand scope of whatever. But, um, you know, there's a lot of myths that involve either, like, nymphs or you know goddesses are just people in general um or gods you know transforming into other beings you know some mm-hmm. of them are like um there's the one where you know Zeus transforms into a swan to rape a woman uh-huh. um and then <laughs> how could i forget that one sarah <laughs> and then there's um you know some other ones where people are turned into plants either willingly or unwillingly but um you know so i thought it was really interesting that like you know there's the tree because i think trees um have like really powerful imagery in stories and stuff and for some people they have like a close association with trees like i mean we we laugh but you know um people who are environmentalists are often called tree huggers Mm -hmm. have you hugged a tree today Mm -hmm. um i have Not. not i have not either But, um, you know, and just even, like, when we think about, you know, trees. I mean, we rely so heavily on them. And so that's why. Yes. Oxygen and wood and fire and paper products and whatever. We're not going to get into the sustainability aspect of it right now. But I just thought, like, I wanted to lead into our next story because. So the next case that we're going to be talking about. Is the um, the crimes that Matthew J. Hoffman commits in Ohio, right? Knox County, Ohio. Knox County, Ohio. Um, And it's just kind of uh, people still don't really know quite what to make of it. Um, So I'm, you know, it would be interesting to hear your feedback once we covered this story too. Um, I had heard of it previously, Megan. You had not, right? No, I hadn't. Um, And I thought it was freaking nuts. And that's why I remembered this story and I tried so hard to find something that would pair with it. And that's when I read um, or when I remembered the story of Daphne and Apollo. I thought it would be perfect despite it being a Greek myth just because the powerful tree imagery. And if you don't know this story, I think you're in for a... Treat? <laughs> a treat? A treat? You're in for a treat. <laughs> so we're going back in time, not too, too far, just to the, uh, you know, early 2010s, a.k.a. 2010. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so this is a little bit more recent than some of the cases that we cover Um. So I think let's just let's just get into it without further ado. Yeah. Story of Matthew J. Hoffman, the creep, the creep, the The tree tree tree. hugger, tree hugger. Um. So on Wednesday, November tenth, two thousand and ten, uh, Tina Herman didn't show up to work at her scheduled time of four p.m. She worked at the local Dairy 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 Queen. Queen. Um, she worked a lot of hours. She actually wasn't home too often. She was the sole provider for her two children. Um, Cody Maynard, age 11, and Sarah Maynard, age 13. Um, and so this wasn't really a usual occurrence for Tina. Like I said, she worked a lot. She was, she seemed like she was a very punctual person. Like, she wouldn't just blow off shit. Like No, her she shift. was reliable. Um but you know still things happen and so you know her coworkers thought any number of like simple easily explainable possibilities you know sometimes people confuse their work schedules um they oversleep or have car troubles or you know anything uh your phone's dead um especially you know nobody really thought anything of it because both of her kids had been at school that day so no signs of trouble yet um so Her co-work two of her coworkers, I think, one of them I think was her manager, they swung by her place just to check on her. Um, things seemed a little bit off, I guess. Uh Tina's truck was in the driveway, but nobody answered the door. She wasn't answering her phone. Um, you know, had her truck not been in the driveway. Nobody would have thought anybody was home. Uh, even the dog wasn't barking, and this was a small, kind of yappy dog. That you know, I mean, as as a dog owner, I know that if somebody so much as turns their car around at the end of our cul de sac, like the Skylar freaks out. So people with dogs tend to um, have really good. Doorbell systems without even ringing yeah. the doorbell. True story. So, um, her coworkers thought this was really weird. Um, uh, her coworkers contacted the police. They can tried. They attempted to conduct two different welfare checks, but they couldn't get in contact with anybody. Um, they did note that the lights were on the second time that they stopped, which is weird. Yeah. So, because the next day, oh yeah, because. And then the next day, still nobody had heard from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina's truck was no longer in the driveway. Um, and nobody had been able to get in touch with Tina's best friend, um, Stephanie Sprang. Which, again, really, really unusual um, to not hear from anybody for this amount of time. Even odder to not hear from the two of them both at the same time. Exactly. Like, they like, both kind of... Like, dropped off the face of the earth for a minute. Yeah, and they're, um, like, best friends, I guess, you know, because Tina worked a lot. A lot of the time, Stephanie would be there at the house to, like, help care for the kids and stuff. Because uh, she was a single mom. She was divorced. Um, you know, the, the father wasn't in the picture at all. Um, so, the children, then, this next day, Thursday, they weren't at school, so, you know, there might have been some, like, pink flags. Now there's some red flags. Like, this is weird. Like, if Tina was okay and had gone somewhere, like, to move her truck, like, some somebody would have picked up the phone or answered the phone. This is 2010. People have cell phones now. This isn't like, oh, it's the 1950s and we haven't heard from Uncle Billy in seven days. Well, he might have just... I don't know. No, out to take a nap in a cornfield and forgot his bearings. (laughs) I can't do an accent for anything. No, but it's like, so in 2010, you're not allowed to go anywhere without contacting people. Basically, it's almost impossible, I should say. Text me when you get there, honey. I mean, Megan makes me text her when I get home safe from leaving her house 30 minutes away. That's what good friends do, okay? We live where there's a lot of deer. (laughs) That's true. No antelope, though. They don't play together. Um, so her coworkers, her manager returned to the house and she actually gained entry to the house. There was a, a a a window that wasn't locked. So she kind of took that, the screen out or whatever, climbed, climbed into your windows. And, um, she, (laughs) and, uh, what she saw was, um, a really disturbing scene, um, one which promptly called for police involvement. <gasps> you mean there was like blood? Lots and lots of blood. Oh my gosh. There were bloodstains and signs of violence throughout the, the home. Um, There's blood in various rooms, on the stairs, the walls, in the basement. In the garage, oh my lord, there were bloody drag marks leading from the one bedroom to the bathroom, which was also streaked in blood. Oh, hmm. Can't wait to hear why that room is streaked in blood. Mmm, yeah, fun stuff. And I think I read that Stephanie's vehicle, she had a Jeep, uh, was parked in the garage, which, very strange, like very suspect. Yep. Like, it's not strange that Stephanie would... Be at Tina's house, but it's very strange that there'd be all this blood and Stephanie is missing. Stephanie's missing, so is Tina and Tina and, the, and kids. the kids and her Tina's truck is gone, but Stephanie's Jeep is in the garage and there'll be blood there, lots of it there will be blood scary it's a movie I know I don't think I ever saw all of it. I don't think I saw any of it and I probably <laughs> don't wanna um. So, while the police, you know, at this point didn't know exactly what had happened. um, I think they have a good idea. Well, I was just going to say, well, something's very apparent. Um, They knew four people had left the home and that they had not done so willingly. Because just the sheer amount of blood that they found in the house was not a good sign. The dog was also missing, also, by the way. That's not shady at all. No, so... (sighs) Ugh... Dun dun dun. Um, the next day, police discovered Tina's truck, which was actually parked uh, at nearby Kenyon College. Mm-hmm. Um, the campus was put on a lockdown. They told the school, like, oh, like you know, there's been a crime and some like the vehicle, like a vehicle connected to it has been there. So the campus goes up is put on lockdown. Um, and just kind of strangely enough, there was this man who was sitting in his silver Toyota Yaris um, in the parking lot where he shouldn't have been. And so one of the sheriff's deputies, you know, decided to question him just to contact his, inf- get his information and be like, you're not allowed to be here. The guy was like, oh, I'm just waiting for my girlfriend. Blah, not blah, blah. suspicious. And so he's like, okay, well, you can't be here. So the guy, like, the, the officer gets the man's information. Make like a tree and leaf. And the guy leaves. Like a tree. Like Megan. Megan is a tree. <gasps> no, I'm not. Okay. Megan's not a tree, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Um. <laughs> meanwhile, at the house, uh, the investigators are looking for clues. And they found a Walmart bag with some tarps. Some of the tarps still in their little plastic packaging. Um, as well as a box of heavy-duty garbage bags. Yeah, fifty-five gallon heavy-duty trash bags. Yes, and this box, like this package, had been opened, and it was clear that some of the garbage bags had been used. Oh, hmm, suspicious! So what what suspicious. i um, taking Good. out the trash. Clearly, really Clearly. heavy trash. Mm-hmm. Um, by looking at the surveillance footage at the nearby Walmart. Ah, uh, police were able to locate the individual who had purchased these items, um, and they managed to identify him as um, it's like a kind of very normal-looking guy between like 25 and 40, which is a very wide. Breath of i'd hate to be the 25 year old who looks like a 40 year old yeah can i just oh say that Lord. um but that's a big age range exactly um but they were able to identify with the um like the parking lot surveillance footage they know what car he drove what kind of car does he drive a toyota yaris a, a silver. silver one a silver one i don't even know if i could like, if I've, I mean, I've seen Yaris's in my life. Like, they tiny little putt-putt things. They're, like, a little tin can. Exactly, so. No offense to anyone who drives a Toyota Yaris. But I don't think I've ever encountered, like, two silver Toyota Yaris's in one day. Two Toyota Yari. Yari. Yeah. <laughs> Yari. Yari of the type. I, I'm, I'm, just punch me now. No. Uh, <laughs> So when they pulled up the DMV records, they discovered that a man by the name of Matthew J. Hoffman fit the description of the suspect. Oh, did he? And who was he, Megan? Was has he 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 was the guy who was at the Kenyon College where they found Tina Herman's truck. Yeah, so that's not like suspicious at all, right? No, that's not like that's not like creepy murderer who's checking in on how the case is going no stereotype at all. We call that the Yaris coincidence. Oh, do we? The Yaris effect. Oh, there we go. I like it. The Yaris, Yaris effect. Um, so shall we talk a little bit maybe about um Matthew J. Hoffman? Yeah. What what do we know about Matthew J. Hoffman here? Well, um, some quick stats. <laughs> This is like a, one of those back football of his games. Where yeah, yeah. This is on the back of Matthew J. Hoffman's murder card. We're Mur- gonna make a murder deck. <laughs> I think they exist. Do they? That's cool. Yeah. We should get one. Okay. That'd be fun. I don't know how to find them. The internet. Google. Google. We'll probably see them now on Facebook when we're scrolling. <laughs> we are both sitting right next to our phones and computer laptop doohickeys. So. And I- we're surrounded by technology. We're surrounded by the enemy. <laughs> Anyways. If you looked up Matthew J. Hoffman's murder card, you would find <laughs> that he was born on November 1st, 1980, and he was raised in northeastern Ohio. Oh. Oh. As a teenager, he displayed some pretty odd behaviors. Oh, oh really? Oh, some odd yeah. behaviors tell us about the odd behavior, Sarah? Well, one instance that I remember specifically was that apparently when he his neighbor had a dog that would like bark at him and he would just like stare at the dog, like blank stare. What? That's not creepy at all. Stuff staring at me. Oh my god. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so he was a little bit of an oddball, um, and you know what, he wasn't like the best behaved either, yeah. because in like two, think it was was it two thousand? I don't know. When he was yeah. nineteen years old, I can't do math. Um, he was actually arrested in Colorado because he was living in Colorado. Oh really? What did he do? Well, first he broke into a town home because he was working some job. He was working. I can't do it. I can, but I'm not going to. Um, because he was working with some like plumber, electrician, household fixer uppery guy. This is this is a really well researched podcast, guys. I remember things and I don't write them down and I don't actually remember them. But um so he kinda like would use that as an opportunity to case the place. Well then he later broke in to rob um, to the burgle. townhouse to burgle. I like the word burgle. Burgle is a funny word. Hamburglar. No, burgle, not burglar, just burgle. I just like that word, just burgle. 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 <laughs> and it's funny when you say it. Feel the burgle. <laughs> it's like bagel, but burgle. Burgle sounds like it would be a very, very strange... Food? Food yeah. from like, I don't know, maybe the Baltic region. <laughs> okay. That's very specific. I, I don't know. It was the first region that popped into my head. Oh. Um, it just kind of think of the hobbit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he broke into this town home to, to Burgle. Burgle. Um, and then once he was done, he decided to set it on fire. So set it on fire. Set it on he set fire. fire to the town <laughs> All right, Adele. So <laughs> who sings that? Yes like you know so he decided to just set fire to the town home because he didn't want to leave fingerprints or nothing so he used like 10 gallons of gasoline oh that's not actually at no all. no no if i'm talking british accent it's actually 10 gallons of petrol I don't actually know the conversion of gallons to liters, otherwise I'd say it that way, because I feel like that's how they do it. But you call me Adele, so now I need to talk in a British accent. I'm not going to do it anymore for the rest of this episode. That actually might be a lie. But So he um, ended up getting caught because... So here's... (laughs) (laughs) Right from one accent to another. (laughs) Okay, roll them on into each other. Rolling in the deep. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So, you could have had it all. (laughs) Adele, this episode is dedicated to you. I love you. Anyway, so, I guess it's worth noting that because it was a townhome, it was like an eight-unit building. So, when he set fire to the one townhome, all of them caught on fire because that's what happens for townhomes when you share walls. Did he at least, like, wait until everybody was out of the houses since he was just there to burgle? I mean nobody thankfully nobody was at home like nobody got hurt but there it, were people home there uh, were 16 people in the building oh, when he set fire to it, but they all got out yeah nobody that's, died that's what i should have said that um yeah nobody was like nobody died in the fire um but he had no regard for the people who were no of building, course not so. um because he's an asshole as shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because he's the focus of our true crime story exactly um none of these people are not assholes unless if we're specifically talking about a survival story but all survival stories have to have an instigator and they are all bad assholes assholes so he cost over two million dollars worth of damage uh he (gasps) fled back to ohio but he agreed to go back to Colorado um, when the police contacted him. They wanted to question him about some stolen welcome signs because they. Welcome. F- <laughs> welcome. To Murderland. To Murderland. And uh, because they found the welcome signs that had been stolen in the hotel slash motel slash holiday. No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> uh that he had been living in so he comes back like a fucking idiot i guess i don't know comes back and then confesses to the fire which i don't know if they would have tied that to him had he not confessed so i don't know if he guilty conscience so he he could have either had a guilty conscience he could have wanted the credit for it or i don't know just i don't know Or maybe he's just psycho but so he confessed to the fire Because he's a little bit crazy, which I think we can all agree to later, Um, and he was given an eight-year sentence. He served six of those, let off for good behavior. Um, He moved back to Ohio, like took some jobs, um, including he like did like um, he was a truck driver for a little bit. He did some. He was a tree trimmer for a little bit. A tree surgeon. A tree surgeon. Um, so eventually he bought a house on Columbus Road in Mount Vernon. Um, it was like a, like a home at the time. It was like over a hundred years old. Um, not that great of a house, but still sometimes it's just nice having a place to call your own and I'm not here to judge. I don't have a home. Well, I have a home. I don't have a house. Um. She's homeless. (laughs) Please send money. (laughs) Sarah, Sarah lives on the streets. This podcast is, is her only hope. (laughs) Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. <laughs> um, and his neighbors found him a bit strange. Oh, what, what number of things was he doing that made them think that he was strange? All kinds of strange things. Well, you know, he liked to climb trees, which I guess in and of itself isn't altogether too strange. I've never been a tree climber myself. I'm afraid of heights. But, um... He would climb, like, his trees, he'd climb his neighbor's trees, he'd climb trees that were not near him at all, and he'd... Just, t- and then he'd just climb back down, right? Like, just up and down? And done? Um, no. no. It wasn't exactly like a, an exercise regimen. It wasn't regiment. like sport climbing? No. no. He would, you know, take a hammock, in some case, instances, and he'd sit in there, and he'd watch people. He would just watch them. What? Like tree climbing. I was like, staring bird- at the dogs again? I'm just bird watching. Through your windows. Mm. That's not creepy at all. I was gonna make a joke about how you know there's like birds called something tit. <laughs> no? Yeah, and like blue footed boobies. Oh, blue footed boobies. <laughs> well, I, knew about I mean, those. two different yeah. kinds of birds, but there's some kind of bird called a tit. And no. I was gonna make a really inappropriate joke about bird watching through your window. <gasps> um, Wanting to see the blue footed boobies? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So he would collect leaves, and he would also collect squirrels for eating, because he didn't like the grocery store. Yeah, so he would Squirrel hunt soup. and catch and skin and eat squirrels and red popsicles. Yes, as well later. That was just his diet: just yeah. squirrels and red popsicles. Hmm.
1: Not Is that keto.
0: <laughs> yeah, it might be. I don't know. Um, I guess not the fruit and the sugar and the popsicles. I don't know much about sugar-free. But then they use, like, artificial shit. Yep. Some people don't care. I won't eat that. I just think it tastes funny. Yeah, it does. Um. So, yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, he had, like, a few different jobs. Um, in the fall of 2010, he got a part-time job as a tree trimmer, a.k.a. tree surgeon, a.k.a. cutter guy. <laughs> a.k.a. tree lover. Tree lover. Um. However... He was fired from the position, not too long working it. Um, He kind of like overstated his qualifications on his resume, which is a big no-no for anybody looking for a job. Um, And he made the supervisor uncomfortable. Oh, really? Yeah. How could this very normal man who eats squirrels make anybody feel uncomfortable? I have no idea. He likes the trees. He does not like people, I guess. Um, yeah, I can I can understand that but I'm not psycho like this dude debatable not <gasps> kidding hey now you're an all-star get your game on go go play. play all that glitters is gold um he also lost his girlfriend he had a girlfriend and her and her child had been living with him but she broke up with him he at one point like had strangled her during an argument or something so really yeah. all the all the cards are just... They're all fallen. Yeah, this is not a good guy. Not a good guy. No. Um so also his car was in the process of being repossessed, that good old silver Yaris. Oh my gosh. So his life is kind of falling apart. Oh my gosh. And this guy's a hot mess. Yes. And here is where he really finds out that his life is just getting worse. Um at 5 20 a.m. only a couple of days after um Stephanie and Tina and Cody and Sarah went missing. Um the Knox County a Knox County detective requested a search warrant for Hoffman's house because remember they knew He now was know. the guy from the Walmart. He is the guy from the Walmart. And from the bike trail. And from Kenyon College. Yep. So they get a uh, they get a search warrant and they request that the officers be allowed to enter without knocking. Given like the severity of the crimes, and they still don't know. Are we looking at a, just a kidnapping? Is it a murder case? At this point, they don't know. Hostages. Exactly. We don't know. Um. So when they entered the house, uh, Hoffman was had been asleep on the couch, but that's not all they found. What mm. else did they find, Megan? Oh, little Sarah in the basement. Right, but well before that. <laughs> Well, they enter, so they enter the house, leaves. Oh, yeah. everywhere. Duh. I mean, I, okay, so. <laughs> we were leaving. I, <laughs> sorry. <sighs> I was not forget. I was not thinking about this because I just, like, okay, when you read the story and you hear this detail that this friggin' wackadoo, he collected freaking leaves and lined the floors and the walls of his home with just leaves. Yep. Loose leaves on the floor, bagged leaves on the, like, on the walls, through the bathroom, everywhere. This guy was... He, like, wanted to be a tree man. Like, he <gasps> wanted to live inside a tree. And I forgot this fact because he's also a psycho, so... <laughs> yeah, so when they enter into the home, they see him, but then, like, they turn the lights on and... There's just like like two feet of leaves in the living room and then in the center there's like a three foot pile of leaves with a tarp over it. Um, which is crazy. So they, they find that. And then they they do eventually find Sarah once they start searching the house. She's in she was being kept in the basement, but there was a piece of furniture or something blocking, like kind of hiding the basement door. Yeah, so they so, so they move that. Yeah, they so they go downstairs and then It's an unfinished basement. It's not a very nice space. It's a very old house, and they find this like hole or something in the wall, like part of it had been cut up into to make this room, and it was a very dark, closed space. Again, floor completely covered in leaves. Like enough that you could jump in these leaves and land on your knees and not land on the ground. Exactly. (laughs) Like cute think huge leaf piles, guys. Lots of fun for your dog in in this instance. Yeah, not in this instance. So they find uh, Sarah Maynard um, on a makeshift bed of leaves, so giant leaf pile covered with um, blankets, and um, like her, a nest, like a nest basically. Um, her, a tree. her hands and feet were bound with tape and rope. Uh, she was gagged, and she was wearing some kind of makeshift diaper of a plastic bag with two legs. Coals cut out, Mm -hmm. um, and then this kind of like broke my heart. Um, when the officer asked her if she was okay, she responded that she was okay, but that she was late for school, and she also said that she believed the suspect had killed her dog, which is just like heartbreaking. Um, so while there was a lot of like really weird shit in the house including squirrels and red popsicles in the freezer and plastic bags full of leaves lining the walls in the bathroom uh there were absolutely no signs of tina stephanie or cody where'd they go well we'll find out but it takes a while to find out yeah uh the suspense will kill you Um, And so, for four days, Sarah had stayed in that basement, she said, without food or anything. Um, So, here are the details um, accounted for by, like, Sarah, what she told, like, the officers when Mm -hmm. they um, found her. So, she said that her and her brother were attacked in their home on Wednesday uh, after they came home from school. Uh, When they saw Hoffman, she um, ran to her bedroom and he chased after her. Uh, He grabbed her and he took her down into the basement where he then tied her up. Um, Then he left her on the kitchen floor for a while before he moved her into Stephanie's Jeep um, and covered her with blankets. Uh, Then he moved her to another car and that's when he took her to his house um once there she spent much or she pretty much spent the whole time um tied up and she was locked in a bathroom in a closet and in the basement he assaulted her and wouldn't tell her what happened to her family but she says that she knew that they were dead Mm -hmm. i think there's i think in that instance i mean it's kind of probably instinctual like you kind of you kind of have to know especially since there are no signs of them um, and he won't be straight with her about what happened i think that's and i couldn't even imagine like one being in this situation and then being in this situation pretty much knowing or at least assuming that You're your the family sole survivor is gone, of instead yeah especially like your younger brother i couldn't imagine that's crazy um so Hoffman was taken into police custody, and the police continued to search for the other three victims, as well as the dog. Um, But they had nothing to go on. There was no evidence pointing them in any direction. Um, And as though, as as if Hoffman's behavior hadn't been on enough throughout this entire ordeal, he Mm -hmm. behaves very strangely um once in police custody and he just doesn't talk to anybody. No. They like they interrogate a word. him for hours and he like says nothing. Um for the longest time the most he does is he makes these weird gestures like he pounds his um like his chest with um his bald fist. Mhm. And so eventually like the the officers, the detectives are kind of like trying to decode his message and it's like heartbreak or yeah. something, I don't know. So basically He's upset. He's heartbroken over the fact that he's gotten caught, essentially, which mm-hmm. is whatever. Um, so eventually, after a lot of, you know, interrogation and stuff, he eventually does start to talk. But he claims he has no idea what happened. He says he woke up to find Sarah tied up in his house. Mm-hmm. Sure. Then, yeah, and then he knew he must have done something wrong, but he doesn't know what uh, and because he doesn't know what happened, I mean, he clearly doesn't know what where the other bodies are. No. Because he doesn't no. know. He wasn't involved at all. Exactly. Um, the next day, a di- like another agent starts talking to him, and he starts talking a little bit more, but he still claims that he doesn't know anything. He's talking, but it's more like just shooting the shit. He's not mm-hmm. actually giving them anything that's pertinent. No information. In so police at this point still don't know whether they're looking at kidnapping or a murder case. Um, although at this point, they're obviously, they have their suspicions that it's that they're murdered because they haven't found any signs of human life. Right. Um, and they still just can't get the information out of Hoffman. He says that he didn't want to hurt anybody and that he feels empty. Great. Great. Oh, empty? empty? Empty like what? Maybe something hollow. Mm. Um, it's so, a clue. <laughs> on Tuesday, November 16th, uh, Hoffman tells one of the agents that he had a dream at a food processing plant where he opened up garbage bags full of body parts. <gasps> really? Um, and he was sick to his stomach. Aww. And then it all came back to him. <clears throat> he remembered what he had done. But he wanted to reveal his information in a very specific way. He wanted it to only be revealed after his death. Um, So basically, his plan was to write down his confession, what he did, give it to a lawyer or something who would only be able to reveal it after he died. And he wanted to control his death. Basically, he tried to make a deal with one of the detectives by saying, you're going to let me escape and then you're going to shoot me as I'm trying to escape because I want to die. Oh. So because you did all these bad things, you get to pick how you go down so that it doesn't defame you. Yes. He basically he can't live with what he's done and he wants to die. They actually oh. did the first night put him on suicide watch. Yeah, cause um, he was threatening to kill himself. Yeah, he was making some like weird behavior. Oh, weird behaviors, huh? Huh. Hmm. That's Surprising. Not new um so obviously the police would not agree to this deal and they just continue to try to get him to l- reveal the location of the bodies um then hoffman being a total asshat says oh i was only lying about remembering i just said that so you would kill me but no i actually don't know where they are and i still don't know what happened <laughs> yeah yeah what he's freaking nuts. Because he's freaking a douche. Yeah. I said that very strangely. A douche. A douche. He's a, a douche. douche. Um, then, uh, on Thursday, November 18th, the Knox County Prosecutor's Office finally managed to make a deal with Hoffman's lawyers. yeah. Um, You don't get what you want. You get the opposite of what you want, which is we're going to take the death penalty away. Yeah, I thought that that was very interesting because so Ohio is a death penalty state. Mm -hmm. And obviously this crime, as you will find out more details in a little bit, is super heinous. And, you know, I think that there's no question that the prosecutor would have sought um, the death penalty for this. But he makes a deal Like, his lawyers and the prosecutor make a deal that if he reveals the location of the bodies and, you know, says that if he was working with anybody, Mm -hmm. if he admits to that, that they'll take the death death penalty off the table, yeah. Right, which, that's a super, like, I didn't even think about it this way initially. Like, he's tried, well, tried, tried in quote air quotes, so hard to die. To right. Like, he suicide was gonna try. And, yep. He was gonna try and get killed to get out of serving a prison sentence. But and he now accepts he's going this to plea deal or that he accepts this deal where he's essentially going to plea and then yeah. The death penalty is taken off the table, so it's definitely an interesting. It is. It's um, very weird turn of events. It's very weird. So, uh, his lawyers provide the prosecutors and the cops, or whatever, with a like detailed map and directions to a sixty-some foot tall beech tree, mm-hmm. uh, seventy-five feet into the woods of a wildlife preserve in Frederickstown. Yep. What was so strange about this tree? This tree, much like the perpetrator of the <laughs> aforementioned crimes, is hollow inside. Yes. Empty. Completely empty. Except for <laughs> the, uh, the bodies that were placed inside of there. Yeah. The, uh, a, a pulley system that, uh, Mr. Hoffman rigged up the night of the murder where he pulled them up to the top of the tree and <laughs> plopped them on in there and, uh... That's very uh, interesting imagery. Yeah. So, Mr. Hoffman clearly being obsessed with trees, he had a favorite tree. And you know what? A hollow tree, I don't think there's really any better hiding spot. There isn't. Literally Literally, nobody would know about this if he didn't confess to it. If he did not tell them, nobody would have ever found this. Exactly. Like, because the last... Like, when you're looking for a body... You're looking for maybe a burial site. You're looking for me in maybe trash cans. The only the only reason somebody's gonna tap that tree is if they're looking for syrup and they don't know what they're looking for, like <laughs> exactly. But like I don't even think like I don't even know if you can tell like from the outside of the tree no, that it's hollow. Like probably not. You probably wouldn't know unless if you were climbing trees and spending a lot of time inside of trees. Yeah. Um. So the agents arrive at the tree um at like 1 50 p.m um and then they notice all the trash bags inside of it uh so they had to cut a hole into the tree yep, they cut like a door
1: into in, the tree yeah in order
0: to get all the garbage bags that out is, this is like something out of a movie man this Basically. should be a movie because this is freaking horrifying it's disgusting yeah um so inside the hollow tree they find uh bags of dismembered body parts the remains of a small dog, mm. uh, blood-stained towels, bloodstained clothes, shoes, um, and Stephanie, Tina, and Cody were all identified. And oh. the dog. Oh, um so heartbreaking. So the, you know, the coroner would, the medical examiner would report that they had been stabbed to death and then dismembered with a serrated blade. Yeah, dismembered um because he has apparently giant whatever ego, he asks for the tree to be unharmed. Uh, Mr. Tree Lover. And then they show him pictures of the tree like, "Oh yeah, look, no it's it's still standing." But they cut it down days later because they don't want it to be It would be, be like some... a site, like a memorial. People would turn it into something like they would want to visit. Exactly. You know? And less of a memorial more like a like an attraction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, So Matthew does, Hoffman does end up confessing, and he writes it all down, and it's a four-page-long confession. Um, And uh, in his confession letter, he states that he had slept outside of the house, um, like, the night before, and he waited until a woman in a pickup truck left. He then entered the house and walked around for, like, at least an hour Uh, He said it was very thrilling, like there's some thrill about being inside another person's house. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he claims that Tina surprised him and that he had no way to escape, like there was nowhere he could go. So he had a knife on him just in case he needed to, you know, be threatening. Um, But then he hit her a couple of times in the head with um, like a makeshift... Oh, shit. I forgot what it's called. Blackjack. Blackjack, which is, like, some kind of makeshift. It's, like, a heavy... It's, like, a leather bludgeoning thing. Yeah, but it was, like... I think it was a makeshift one where it's, like, you put maybe something, like, really heavy in a back like, to sling it over. I don't know. I don't know weapons. I tend to stay away from that kind of knowledge. (laughs) Uh Um, And so he kept hitting her, but... It wasn't knocking her out like he intended. No, it was just—it was just only wounding, exactly. And so she was making a lot of noises,
1: and as anybody would be. Stephanie
0: walks in, Um, and so he has to. So he panics and he has to deal with both of them, and so he stabs both of them with this jungle knife. With his jungle knife, Um, and then he kills the dog because the dog would not stop barking, Mm
1: -hmm. and then he
0: makes sure they're dead by stabbing them a couple more times, and then. He dismembers them. Yes, in the bathtub. The bathtub. Yeah, and then he um, processes. Them. Oh yeah, he, that's he ca- what he calls it—processing, process- it which is like a disgusting. Like their meat word. or something. Ugh. Um, and then he, you know, supposedly yeah, so he supposedly like walked around the house in a total state of shock. Yeah, bud. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, for like, and he was wandering for like a while. Um. And then so he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna process the bodies and then I'm gonna burn the house down because that's his MO. Let's Mm -hmm. burn this shit to the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the children came home, uh, and he stabbed Cody. And then chased after the girl to make sure that she didn't call nine one one. Uh he found her in her bedroom and he you know, she didn't call the police or anything. Why didn't you call nine one one, Sarah? I probably didn't have enough time. Maybe she didn't have a cell phone. I probably not. 13 years old in 2010, there's still a possibility she didn't. Probably not. The house one was probably in the kitchen. True story. Um, So then he said that he didn't want to kill her. Like, he told her he wasn't going to kill her. And she's like, did you kill my brother? And he's like, no, I didn't. So he just, he ties her up. The liar? Mm-hmm. And then he processed... Cody in the bathroom as well. Um, (laughs) He loaded up Stephanie's Jeep with the bodies and Sarah and he took her to the house and dropped her off. And then, um, so this is where you get two different versions of the story because Hoffman makes it seem like he's very caring and that he took care of Sarah. He says that he let her shower. He says that he cooked her hamburgers for dinner the one night, and that you know he was always doing her laundry because she just kept wetting herself in um, her adult diaper. Well, that's of going to the bathroom. Well, he went. Yeah. So that's he said he put the diaper on her like the last at like not that long before the police came because she kept wetting the bed and he didn't want to keep washing the sheets it's like i did because he like when he outlines like outlines everything he's basically doing laundry three times a day i'm like yeah you're not doing laundry three times a day asshole Mm -mm. um he says oh they watched iron man and iron man Two. sure um and then he didn't sleep at all for fear of her leaving and that's why he locked her in the closet because the closet had a lock on the outside at least he knew that she couldn't escape um one night oh he says he didn't want to keep her tied up and he let her free sometimes and he'd let her free more and more he planned he'd he would continue to let her free more and more oh and he he was gonna let her free by christmas don't worry yeah that's he said that his hope was that eventually she'd have so much freedom that she would just run away and then he would run away and like escape and disappear whatever like okay yeah bullshit um, at one point, he had a fire outside, and he, would like, burned, um, his shoes and his clothes and stuff like that. Mm, that's not suspicious at all. Yeah, not suspicious at all. Um, it's just, like, it's just very, like, Sarah contradicts everything, he, he says, and I think, you know, reading even, like, what the police said, it's, like, in the condition that she was in, like, she was so bound. Like, her hands were mm-hmm. literally, like, um... Like, she couldn't make a fish. She couldn't claw. Like, she had no use of her hands. Like, she she's like, not flaps fucking her hands. Yeah, like little flippers. So it's like, she's not eating hamburgers. She's not playing game, video games with you like you say. Um, yeah. He, it's, yeah, he's like, I let her play We We played Wii. With her flippers. You did not. Doubt it. <laughs> um, he's like, I wouldn't have hurt her. I could have not. I would never have hurt her. It's like bullshit. Um, and then he says that he didn't go into the house to kill people. He just went there to rob. But I think when you look at the evidence, there's so many instances where he- He brought a knife with him. Well, he brought a knife with him. And, like, he could have, like, even, okay, hypothetically speaking, you only intend to rob a place. Okay, I could maybe buy the fact that you were surprised by Tina, but after you killed her or even like wounded her or whatever and even with Stephanie that you leave. Yeah. You don't wait around for more people to show up and take them too and or or like exactly the body in the and house. Lucky lucky enough, luckily enough though, um and probably because, you know, Tina's coworkers were really on the ball here. Like, the police were on the ball, too. Yeah, they and, kept up with everything quickly. And they were at the house so soon, so he couldn't go back. Like, he... He was gonna burn point, it down. He went back to burn the house down, but the police were already there. Yep. And he, at one point, when he was at the place where they found her truck, that was his intention, too, was to take her truck back so he could burn everything. Exactly. Um, And so it's just... I don't know. Like, when you look at all the evidence and you break everything down, most people... People seem to agree that he was probably there from the very beginning to abduct Sarah. Probably. um, At the very least. And, like, he probably, like, Tina was supposed to be, you know, working at four. So he probably just assumed he'd have to deal with the kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because he was, um, I read somewhere or heard somewhere that he was, like, casing the house for, like, a month. Yeah, a month at least. And, like, somebody made a good point. I mean, it was on the Generation Y podcast. Like, you don't you don't case a house for a month that you're going to burgle. mm Like, <laughs> burgle. I was going to say Rob, and I was like, at the last minute, I was like, burgle. You don't. That's, well, I mean, he actually did start to garner attention from people because people were saying they noticed him across from the house. Exactly. Like, leading up to when the murder happened. So, like, he really wasn't, like, shy about staking out this place like he was totally creeping more than just like oh i could get in from the back door and i'll wait till they're gone at four o'clock like it wasn't that it was like i know who's who's here when who's in the house where i can you know what hour i can get in like this is creepy freaking stuff exactly psycho and like you there is definitely an element of planning that went into this like you can't say that okay he was really just gonna go there to burgle Mm -hmm. and he had no intention of hurting anyone he went with a knife like you don't bring a knife unless you're gonna intend to use it for something like exactly and even if it wasn't his like even if his motive wasn't just murder like you bring a weapon like you know that there's a possibility of you using it and it's mm -hmm. not like he just you know step the monster tried to escape it you was know, in after, self-defense it, he chased after stephanie he chased right. after the daughter you know like, and then again didn't leave he yeah on what planet is do you have to kill i mean on no planet do you have to kill anybody ever 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 killing like, is not okay no it's not but like an 11 year old like he's not a threat to you yeah exactly you know what i mean like, yeah, maybe two grown women can, like, attack you. Yeah, but even, like, you, even but- like, what you said, though, like, like why did it have to get to the point where he killed them? He was obviously able to bludgeon uh, Tina at first with whatever he weapon, makeshift blackjack thing he had. He was obviously able to, like, injure her enough that he probably could have been like, okay, I can run away now. Mm-hmm. Like, before he caused enough of a racket that somebody else showed up. Exactly. Like, even though she didn't, quote-unquote, pass out from... Like, the, the hips to the head. Could, he probably could have ran I away. I doubt that she's going to be able to get up and give chase. Clearly she wasn't, or she wouldn't have gotten stabbed at that point. Exactly. Ken. So, I don't know. I mean, like, I know that's a thing of, like, contention and, like, whatever he says. But he was, you know, he was found guilty. Like, he, well, he pleaded to it. He confessed. Um, basically, he got life in prison and some extra little charges, you mm-hmm. know, added um, to it. So thankfully that's good. But then I do, um, I do feel bad, like, for Sarah because being the only one left behind, like, her whole life got turned upside down mm-hmm. too. And then, you know, like I mentioned earlier, her parents were divorced, so she went to live with her dad and her stepmom and that Apparently, wasn't that didn't good. go well. <laughs> no, he, like, at one point, like, punched her in the back and then a few days later... stepmother throws her down the stairs. Yeah, she kicked her down the stairs to the point where... Um, Sarah actually spoke to lawyers and got a restraining order against her. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, God, this girl can't catch a break. But now, like, she has used, you know, um, her platform to, like, bring awareness Mm -hmm. to, you know, this, which is obviously. There's a book she wrote with her dad. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he sounds kind of like an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know, this was, this was an interesting story be and and by interesting I mean obviously you have there's so much to look at and dissect because that whole thing with the trees and the leaves like he clearly has some kind of psychological impairment like that's not normal to I mean even if you're like a uh, somebody who lives off the land it's not normal to hunt squirrels and sit in trees outside of people's houses and creep on them like right he's very very like he has he has a mental problem. And exactly, and even like outside of just like the squirrel eating just like bringing like literally filling your house just <laughs> thousands with, of leaves with leaves. It's like trash. And, and it was so funny because like I'm reading these different articles and they were calling it like uh house like oh, I forget how they were phrasing it, but it just there's a book uh, by Mark Danieluski, House of Leaves. And I just kept <laughs> thinking about it. And yeah. I was like, this has nothing to do with it. But I was just like, it's that almost equally as twisted. Yeah. Um, But it's just, you know, and is, is it just like a reverence for trees? And like the fact that trees provide. I mean, he was like, at one point he said, oh, like in his confession letter, he's like, oh, the bed was so comfy. She thought the bed I made for her was so comfy. I wanted to sleep there. And so it's, like, he's using, tr- like, he's literally, like, is this the closest he can get to living inside a tree? Like, <laughs> is hiding the bodies inside a tree some kind of weird... Symbolism pre- to him Like, or and something? that's the thing. It's, yeah. like, we don't know. Like, we don't know if it was just, um, just, like, happenstance that, oh, hey, I know a hollow tree. This is a great place to hide a body. Or if there's, um, you know, something else. Because then there's, you know, this story. And I don't want I didn't want to get into it too much with this episode because i really would like to talk about it um further at another time but there's this whole um story thing about like oh uh who put bella in the witch elm and it's again this corpse the skeleton found inside a tree crazy um and you know it's just it's just it's just fascinating because trees are so often like symbols of life Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get the tree of life, you get family mm-hmm. trees, and all this stuff. And like I said earlier, I mean, we rely so heavily on trees. They filter our air, they provide oxygen, they provide shelter so we can build our homes, they provide fire so we can heat our homes or cook our food. Apparently they provide squirrels <laughs> that's for food. food. If that's your food of choice. It's not my food of choice, I'll no, tell you that. mine either. But, um, I don't know, so it's it's really interesting, I think, and I liked... Pairing these two stories together because, um, for Daphne, she's literally, like, a being inside of a tree. Like, she becomes a tree. Mm-hmm. She becomes encased in it. But for her, it's, in one way, as you think of it almost, it's like, oh, that's the death of Daphne the nymph. Right. But it's the start of this Daphne, new the tree. <laughs> laurel. And, you know what I mean? This laurel. So, it's like, is that the creation of the laurel tree? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, there's this creation, but then you have, like, this other story, which is disturbing on many levels, I think, and then it's just very that, disturbing that death within the tree, which normally a tree provides so much life because it provides a home for squirrels and birds mm-hmm. and um maybe even... fruit for things to eat. Exactly, and then even, like, you get a decaying tree that provides... um Food for different bugs. Yeah, different you know microorganisms. Know I mean? Fallen trees that. are, like, great for the for the earth, you know, for the whatever. Yeah, giant. it's, you know, it's that it's ecosystem. That ecosystem. So, I don't know. It was just, like, it was just really fascinating. I, I think it's think. very interesting. Very circle of life kind of. Ah. Yes, know, but like in this trees. way, very disturbingly so. Yeah, well, we picked a disturbing character to I mean, talk about. Pretty much all of them are, uh, I've, you know, they're all pretty disturbing, I think. I think you're right. I'm learning to appreciate the creepy aspect of the fairy tales more and more <laughs> because this is, uh, this is a new one for me. Exactly. And that's, I think, you know, people say, you know, truth is stranger than fiction and uh, sometimes they're right. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you, you think you read some of these fairy tales or myths in this case and they're like, wow, that's really fucking weird. And then you read a story about real people doing really awful things. And you're like, wow. That's even freaking messed up. Like, yeah. I wish that was fiction. Yeah. So. So glad, though, that you guys are joining us on this journey of the circle of life, this tree of life. I don't know. I'm done with the symbolism, guys. Uh, uh, we would love to hear what you thought about this episode. Uh, have you heard of Matthew J. Hoffman before? Are you familiar with Greek mythology? Have you ever found anybody inside of a tree? House. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please tell me you've not found anybody inside a tree. House. Tree. Tree house. I know. <laughs> it's You have options here, people. Um, <laughs> yeah, like where you can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at fairy Tales, You can also find us on the web at FairyTallTales.com. And if you want to send us an email directly, you can do so at FairyTallTalesPod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us five stars and subscribe. Tell us, well, yeah, you could tell us about your friends, but I mean, tell your friends about us. It's a two-way street here, people. Yeah, um, let's be friends with your friends. Yeah, we want to be friends with More the friends merrier. We have very little friends, just kidding, not really, but we love you guys. We like to always have more friends. We promise that we won't stuff you inside any trees. Exactly. We will leave you alone if you want. Yes. And on that note, I think we're leaving. Bye. Bye. (laughs) You're it's so much water. It's just freaking water inside water. Celery is literally water. It's the and veg- fiber, isn't and it? And fiber. So it's fibrous. You might. You're, it's like you're basically. It's metamucil. It's like an enema for your mouth. Ew. <laughs> I think this podcast is an enema for your mouth. <laughs> it does help me clean out my mouth. Is that what an enema for your mouth does? Oral <laughs> cleansing. <laughs> Hey, that's my job. (laughs) (laughs) The branch. So by looking at the surveillance. That they found in the um, motel or hotel room that he had been living in. Hotel, motel, holiday inn. Sorry. This podcast is in no way, shape, or form sponsored by the Holiday Inn. (laughs) we prefer hilton no i'm kidding i don't know are you ready to are you ready to rock are you ready to rumble i'm ready i'm ready let's tell some stories